Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone. Your journey. Our passion. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. New thinking, new possibilities. Hello and welcome to AutoLine Daily. I'm Sean McElroy, but now let's look at today's top stories. Well, it's another day and another GM recall. Yesterday, the company announced that it's recalling another 2.4 million vehicles, which pushes its total to 13.5 million so far this year in the U.S. The new recall involves 1.3 million of its full-size crossovers for a seatbelt issue. Just over a million previous Gen Malibus and Pontiac G6s equipped with a four-speed automatic because a shift cable may wear out. About 1,400 2015 Cadillac Escalades due to a potential airbag issue and about 60 2015 Silverados and Sierras because of a potential fire issue. GM said it would take a charge of $200 million this quarter for the recalls it announced last week but has bumped that number by another $200 million for this current set. And we'll have more about recalls in the second half of the show. Dodge just revealed a few more facts about the SRT Hellcat Challenger. The special edition muscle car gets the first supercharged V8 ever offered by SRT. The blower is made by IHI, a company better known for its turbochargers. Yet Mercedes-Benz's AMG models use IHI superchargers as well. So far, they'll only say that the 6.2-liter engine generates just over 600 horsepower and more than 575 pound-feet of torque. And there's no word on pricing either, so we'll have to wait for that. One other interesting tidbit, though, the coefficient of drag is rated at .383. And as you Mopar enthusiasts know, that's a very special number. Check out the link in today's show notes for even more details. We like to show you the top selling brands and cars every month, but do you know who the most successful dealers are? Ward's Auto put together a list of the top 100 dealer groups in the country, and here are the top five. The number one dealer based on total vehicles sold is CarMax, with over 780,000 in sales in 2013. But despite being number one in sales, CarMax is just third in revenue among dealers at $10.9 billion. AutoNation is number two with close to 572,000 vehicles sold, but it's the top dealer group based on revenue coming in at $17.5 billion. Next on the list is Penske Auto Group, which sold 442,000 vehicles, which helped push its total revenue to $14.7 billion. Number four on the list is Group One Automotive, with over 305,000 cars sold. Its revenue hit $8.9 billion last year. And rounding out the top five is the Van Tool Group, with 294,000 vehicles sold and revenues of $7.9 billion. Recently, BMW delivered its first i3 electric car to the U.S., but you'll have to wait a bit longer for the extended range versions. Apparently, it's a law that no vehicle can be released from a port without an EPA-certified window sticker, which the extended range i3s are currently missing. 
BMW has received the test data from the EPA, but there's still more to the process of getting the EPA certification and the labels. The automaker expects the labels to be ready by the end of the week, but we'll have to keep our eye on this story to see if that happens. The first fuel cell versions of the Hyundai Tucson arrived in Southern California yesterday. The CUVs will go on sale in the next couple of weeks, but will only be available in the LA area to start. Customers can lease the vehicle for 36 months at $500 per month, but it also includes free unlimited hydrogen refueling and a valet maintenance program if the vehicle requires any service. The fuel cell Tucson will expand to other markets once there are enough refueling stations in place. Could the number of recalls double this year compared to 2013? We'll take a look into that right after this. The new Sonata from Hyundai. Stericycle, an organization that helps companies manage recalls, just released a report on automotive recalls in the first quarter of the year. John talked with the vice president of the company, Mike Rosenbacher, to find out the details of the study. John, we are at an unprecedented pace right now. It, it truly is unbelievable. As, as we shared in our Q1 recall index, in Q1 alone, there were 13.1 automotive-related uh, units recalled. That's close to half of all the units that were recalled last year alone. So we're, we're at a pace to perhaps even double what we saw last year. And what are some of the driving forces behind so many recalls right now? There's a variety of factors. The data that we looked at, equipment-related recalls usually are the highest at about 24%. Uh, the, the global expansion of the economy, them sourcing units from all over the world has a big impact. And it always comes down to their level of reviewing the data that they have, identifying the trends, and then making sure that when the recall happens, they're notifying the public, they're making it clear what has to be done, and they do it in rapid fashion. There seems to be more pressure these days with GM having gotten caught in the media's crosshairs with this ignition switch defect. And now it seems everybody's just recalling anything so that they don't get caught in those crosshairs. We do recalls for, for companies in all industries, and we see that across industries. We're seeing it in automotive right now. When a large manufacturer gets hit with a recall and is facing a challenge like that, you see a lot of other manufacturers doing similar type recalls. They're identifying if they're using the same source components that they may be bringing in within their supply chain or double-checking some of their quality trend reports to ensure that they're keeping their customers safe and, at the end of the day, their brand. How does the automotive industry stack up against other industries? The pace that they're at now is pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable, as we've said earlier. But there are some differences in automotive. Certainly, it's, it's a complex solution to the recall. It's involving the consumer. The, the vehicle owner has to take the, the car in more often than not to the dealership. There's a level of complexity within communication. NITS reports that one-third of auto-related notices that are mailed to our homes when it occurs are ignored. People aren't paying attention, so that makes it more challenging. And one other stat in automotive that, that makes it more complex the used car market. Carfax reported that 3.4 million cars last year alone were put up online with unfixed recalls. I sell my car to you. You don't necessarily know. Has the recall been fixed? Have, have I taken the car in? Was there even a recall impacted? A lot of layers of complexity that they face. In some of these recalls, uh, I see automakers listing the suppliers that may have been at fault. And what kind of role do suppliers play versus the automakers themselves in these recalls? 
Certainly, the supply chain is extremely complex within the automotive industry, and the suppliers do play a part, particularly if it's, it's, that's the component that has an impact. But also, when the recall hits, now we're focused on the solution. We're helping companies all the time to determine what's the right solution, making sure that you launched it at the right time to ensure that you can remove the problematic products from the marketplace and fix them. Suppliers are a big part of that to ensure that you have all the appropriate correct supplies available when you're looking to remedy the recall. Mike Rosenbeiger, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, John. Take care. And just before we go, just a reminder to join us for AutoLine After Hours tomorrow night, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Join John and Gary Vasilash for some of the best insider information in the business. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.